So today we're continuing in our series on um, the real lives of the Northern Kingdom prophets. And today um, we're going to be in. Uh, today we're going to be in um, Second Kings, chapter two. First uh, 14 verses or so. Um, when we, we skipped over a couple of chapters, um, but you know what? The, the uh, opportunity to be in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 2 is, is kind of cool because it, 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 it's the momentous final journey on this earth for Elijah. And my father passed away a couple of years ago, and um, a, a very positive memory for me was at his memorial service in the town where uh, he lived in Wisconsin, and his golf buddies would come up to me and tell me story after story, different guys telling me different stories of uh, my dad's lust for life and his bigger-than-life personality and his humor. Um, these guys had never met anyone like my dad, and they would share these adventures that they had with him with these huge smiles on their faces. Um, it, it was an honor for me to hear these stories and to realize, you know, maybe that's a legacy for me, you know, to live a life that creates memories and values relationships and life. Hearing those stories made me proud to be my father's son. Um, now, Elijah was not Elisha's father, but the two were connected in a mentoring relationship. And there are a lot of similarities uh, to parenting in that. Phil Strout, um, the Vineyard USA's president, will speak of his spiritual father, uh, the man who led him to the Lord, and then immediately took him on a mission trip and, and mentored him for most of his uh, young adult life. We might have a father that not only raises us, but mentors us. And then we might have a mentor that fathers us. Someone who sees beyond your present to where your potential can take you. Someone who sets an example and then challenges you to follow that example. We will see in our scripture reading today that the relationship between Elijah and Elisha had some striking similarities to a father and son. In this, we'll see honor for Elijah. And we'll see some testing for Elisha. You know, he gets the opportunity to, to leave or to stay on the path to become the prophet of the Lord for Israel. Let's pray as we get started here. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the timing that you make happen in terms of these uh, series, these uh, verses, these topics, and where they land in our calendar. You are at work. And so, Lord, we are in anticipation of what you are going to do today in our hearts, and in our minds. Amen. All right, 2 Kings chapter 2. 
verses 1 through 14. We'll start at the beginning here. <clears throat> and it came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went to Bethel. And then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Be still. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be still. And then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went out, or on. All right, so I wanted to take a break here and just um, mention a couple of things I got from my commentary. So Elijah's magnificent ministry had now come to a close, and he would soon be taken heavenward by means of a whirlwind without dying. Um, and here's a little note. Such a storm was often used as a visual symbol of God's presence. Isn't that beautiful? So he quickly traveled his circuit for the final time, moving rapidly from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to the Jordan River. At the first three stops, he tested the determination of Elisha by suggesting that he might want to drop the hectic life of the prophet and return to his quiet farm. But on each occasion, he refused by uttering these five fearless words. I will not leave you. It um, reminds me of um, <clears throat> a time I rented the movie Gremlins uh, to share with my kids. That's one of the things that dads get to do is they get to share these, these you know, iconic um, cultural phenomenon with our children. Um, my kids, though, were really young. So as a young dad, it, I'm, it may have been a little bit early. So we'd be watching this movie and, it, you know, teethy, mean, green gremlins would ah, come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the kids would just, ah, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And I would and I would stop it and I would, you know, turn the TV off so the, you know, images weren't on there. And these, these four little guys oh, are on the couch. They're catching their breath. And then they get to this point where they're like, okay, we want to see more. <laughs> and I would be like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, giving them an option to get out. You, don't, you know, we don't have to do this. I, you know, if, if this is too much for you guys, I, I don't want to, you know, put you through it. But I would say, are you sure? And they'd say, yeah, we want to see more. We're ready. <laughs> okay. They hit play and off we'd go. Those brave little kids of mine were, were in it with me. <clears throat> Do you find it interesting um, 
that in light of, again, Elijah's claims, I'm the only prophet left, that in each of these towns, there are prophetic groups. And the prophetic network is blowing up about today being the big day that the Lord will be taking Elijah away. The sons of the prophets keep phrasing it as, the Lord will take away your master from over you. In the face of not losing, not only losing his mentor, but also taking up the mantle of his master once he's gone, Elisha stays true, right? He's not discouraged by these guys. He tells the sons of the prophet, yeah, I'm aware that my master will be leaving today, and just be still, all right? Zip it. Elisha shows himself to be a valiant and worthy apprentice, unwilling to leave his master, and unwilling to be discouraged by the inevitable parting. All right, we're going to go back to our verses. Um, 2 Kings chapter 2, this is verse 7 and, oh, 7 through 9. So they're going to the Jordan River. Now 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood opposite them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle, folded it together, and struck the waters, and they were divided here and there so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. That might be that might sound like a strange thing to ask, but check this out. The double portion was the inheritance of the firstborn based on the Mosaic law. I'm going to jump to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 15 and 17. Deuteronomy, if you want to turn in your Bibles, chapter 21, 15 and 17 says this. <clears throat> if a man has two wives, the one loved and the other unloved, and both the loved and the unloved have borne him sons, the firstborn son, if the firstborn son belongs to the unloved, then it shall be in the day. He will what he has to his sons. He cannot make the son of the loved the firstborn before the son of the unloved, who is the firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength. To him belongs the right of the firstborn. So when Elisha says to Elijah he wants a double portion of his spirit, he's requesting to be considered by Elijah as his heir, his successor, his firstborn. Um, and then <laughs> in the prophetic version of uh, Ask Your Mother, uh, in 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, verses, uh, verse 10, he says, You've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Basically, he's saying, you know, it's not up to me. You know, my, my dad would have said, que sera, sera. The future is not ours to see. Okay, so Second uh, Kings 2, we just read verse 10 now, uh, through 13. 
As they were going along and talking, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them in two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and returned and stood by the bank of the Jordan. What an honor for Elijah, who is only the second man in the Bible to be taken into heaven without dying. And Elisha's cry of my father, my father, is uh, it's in a sense of reverence and dependence, right? After being, after asking to be considered by Elijah as his firstborn and heir, he witnesses his triumphal exit and expresses his heart's honor to Elijah, the prophet of the Lord in Israel. And, and the tearing of the clothes is <clears throat> it, it's a traditional Jewish symbol of grief. Uh, I've got a friend who um, grew up Jewish, and he tells a story of you know, some great uncle or somebody died, and he got a suit. And it w he was a little boy, and it was his first suit. And he was, you know, I love, you know, fancy clothes. Little boys love dressing up. And so he's at the funeral, and they get to this point in the funeral where they take his, his new suit and they tear it. Well, for this little boy, it, he started crying because of the, the grief of the loss of his new suit. <laughs> I don't think he, you know, the maybe there was a sense of loss for the for this family member, but um, the way he tells it, he was really upset about the suit. So anyway, it, it's a it's a traditional way of mourning loss. Elisha loses Elijah, and he tears his clothes in two. Then he picks up the mantle that Elijah dropped. Takes it up, <clears throat> and he finds himself blocked in by the Jordan River. You know, it had split apart, but then it starts flowing again. Um, will the new prophet of Israel, who desired a double portion of Elijah's spirit to be on him, have the confidence to wield the same power? Well, let's take a look. Our final verse for today, 2 Kings 2, verse 14. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the waters, they were divided here and there, and Elisha crossed over. When, when I'm doing uh, premarital counseling, one of my favorite topics to discuss with a couple is what did you really like about growing up in your family that you want to bring into your own marriage and family? Elisha applies what he saw Elijah do. 
to cross the Jordan. And the Lord confirms his prophetic power transfer from Elijah to Elisha. The river divides here and there, and he's able to cross over. Now, the next couple of verses uh, show there's a big difference between um, Elisha, who was you know, raised up as a prophet under Elijah, and the sons of the prophets. They, they see Elisha come back, and maybe they saw the whirlwind, but they're like, hey, <clears throat> we've got 50 guys here. They're the strongest among us. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord picked up Elijah and dropped him. But maybe up on a mountain, maybe down in a valley. And we'll go look. And Elisha's like, no, don't do that. But they pester him and they pester him and they pester him until he's embarrassed and he says, fine, go ahead and look for him. Well, they look for three days. That's right, guys, three days. And they come back and they're like, we can't find him. And he's like, I told you not to go. Anyway, so these, these um, sons of the prophets, you know, my, my commentaries say, you know, they're, I don't know if they're, they're being a discouragement to Elisha. They don't really have faith that the Lord did take Elijah away, even though, you know, like we saw before, everyone knew that today was the day. It's like, well, you know, put two and two together, guys. Anyway, our our faith in the Lord <clears throat> a, a lot of times comes from our, our parents. How we were raised is how we see God, right? But Our parents can be screwed up, <laughs> and uh, maybe that's maybe we don't get the whole picture. I mean, I think a lot of us walk around with blinders on. Anyways, <clears throat> what a true father and parent wants is that their protégés, their children, have their own faith and relationship with the Lord. Uh, that, that it's not just uh, adoption of a religion of do this, don't do that. I don't know why. It's just what I was taught, right? But to truly know the Lord and to be in relationship with him and to experience their full life potential, saying yes to the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I think... You know, this is a beautiful story of Elijah's legacy passed on to Elisha and lived out untainted by faithlessness and misunderstandings of others around, around him. And I, I think that would be what Jesus would want for us too. There's so many times in the scriptures where he's talking to his disciples and he's talking about how the world's going to hate you because of me. And, you know, they, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. <clears throat> Fathering, mentoring re requires a vision. 
for what you want the finished product to look like. And, and, it, and it includes an understanding of what's going to come at you and, and, and could take that away from you. Kind of like we were talking about last week with, you know, God's plan for your life. And sometimes you got to choose one thing over another. How do you know what, what to choose? Um, and <clears throat> at this point, it, it, I was reminded of um, an anecdote from, I, I think it was, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? Anyway, there's a, a, a books on, you know, being men and fathering boys. And uh, it's, it's a story about... Um, <clears throat> A dad is wrestling with his two boys in the front lawn. And they're just tearing it up, right? Well, mom comes out of the house and she yells to the, her husband, Stop that, you're going to ruin the grass. And the dad says to her, We're raising boys, not grass. For, for that father, he had a vision for the proper raising of boys and how the end result for, for his boys is more important than ruining the grass. The grass gets ruined, I can fix that, right? There, there's a purpose, there is a vision for what the end product is gonna look like. And, and for us, as we are disciples of Jesus, that is the end product. The end product is um, knowing the Lord and becoming like him. <clears throat> so when, when you when you read scripture, when you hear these stories about faith, you know, and, and think back to your own spiritual father, you know, maybe that was your dad. Maybe that was, you know, somebody else. <clears throat> you, do you pick up the mantle of your spiritual father? You know, would you, would you ask for the inheritance of the firstborn, for a double portion of your mentor's spirit to be on you? I, I think that takes a a really you know good person and a really great relationship to be like you know what I, I do want to be like you I, I want I want to be like your child I want to I want to carry your name and I want to carry on your legacy you know As a church, what does it look like for us to carry on, as Elisha did, you know, boldly and powerfully, even in the face of weak faith, to live out our inheritance? As a church um, that's in the Vineyard Church, we've got things that, de that define, you know, what a Vineyard Church is. We've got the Vineyard Core Values. These are things that define, uh, I'm repeating myself. These are things that define us as a vineyard church and they help to guide us in our choices. So this is off the, the vineyardusa.com website. We are a people of the kingdom of God who 
partner with the Holy Spirit. We are a, king, a people of the kingdom of God who experience and worship God. We are a people of the kingdom of God who reconcile people with God and all creation. We are people of the kingdom of God who engage in compassionate ministry. And we are a people of the kingdom of God who pursue culturally relevant mission in the world. So these are the things, this is a, a way to define some ideals that our church says, yes, those are what we want to be. That's what we want to, that's what we want people to see. And that's what we want to be, right? So <clears throat> what will we live out that we see from our past and that we will pass on to the next generation? How will we stay true to our inheritance in the face of unbelief and discouragement? I don't think it's, uh, uh, it would be a surprise uh, to anyone for me to say there's a lot of voices right now that are looking for attention. Some of the things are, we definitely need to be paying attention to. But how do we how do we determine what's what, right? You know what? I don't know. I don't always know <laughs> what the what the answer is. But you know what I do know is I can I can press into my heavenly Father, and I can just spend time with Him, and I can have my questions. And sometimes the things that He tells me are answers to my questions, and sometimes the topics that he wants to discuss. And I'm, I'm learning to not worry about the grass necessarily, right? And, and to have my, my attention drawn back to, okay, there's a purpose here. There's a, there's a goal. There's an intention. So I thought we would um, close today's sermon with uh, reading the Lord's Prayer. If you want to read along with me, <clears throat> um, it's uh, Matthew chapter 6. I'll be reading verses 9 through 13. I think I, I got this from the New American Standard Bible if you want. Want all the words to line up just right. Otherwise, choose your, your favorite version. So here we go. The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And this is Jesus speaking. Red letter edition. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I think if we are ever, you know, given the opportunity to, why don't you bow out?
here, here's a, you know, just sit down, stay here. The rest of the ministry is going to move forward and it's okay. You don't have to stay here. You don't have to be involved in it. You know, if you, if you experience like a, a discouragement like that, or, or you're faced with something like the Jordan River flowing in front of you and you got to get to the other side. How did I see somebody else deal with this, right? I think if you face anything like that and you don't know what to do, submit yourself to the Lord. Recognize that He is holy. And his is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And he's a good father. And he, he wants to father you. He wants to father us. Uh, he'll, he'll show us what, he'll bring the conversation around to what, what he wants to discuss. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, thank you for the history of Elijah and Elisha and the, the reality that the, the, it's like the true story that no, no ugliness is uh, tucked away or hidden. Elijah burns out and he needs a nap and a snack and he gets the opportunity to raise up somebody else and they gets honored by being taken up into heaven by your presence. And then Elisha, he has no master over him anymore. He is a prophet of the Lord. What's he going to do? And he does a, a good job. He does a good job. Lord, we want to be that way. We want to be effective and we want to be thinking about the future. Guide us, Lord Jesus, in your Holy Spirit. Our future is in your hands. And we say yes. Amen. Omaha Vineyard Church, I'm, I want to pronounce our blessing, but I'm going to do it uh, fatherly. Uh, I, I chose that the amplified version because some of the the phrases are, are uh, uh, sometimes hard to understand. Right? Okay, so here we go. So this is uh, the book of Numbers, chapter six, verses twenty-two through twenty-seven. And then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you." which would mean protect you, sustain you, guard you. The Lord make his face shine on you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance or his face on you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. Amen. The Lord looks on you with a face that shines with divine approval. May we experience that and may that change our hearts in order that we would look on 
our children and those that we mentor with divine approval, like you do with us, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, let me find a how to do. do, 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 do. Your pilot today is um, is brand new. He does not know what he's doing. All right. Okay, so if you're uh, let's let's have some um, community time here. And you know, one of the things that that got um, suggested to me that I think is kind of cool is when we're spending time together like this, um, we can um, kind of do like a reflection on the sermon. So if you guys are, are unmuted, um, let's all, all talk together. And, um, you know, as, as the Omaha Vineyard Church, what do you guys, you know, see from our past uh, as a vineyard church that we want to live out and, and pass on to the next generation? Got some thinking? I think one of the things that really touched me since I've been here is the acceptance. Hmm. So just the, um, it's just the way we show God's love. And I, I want to pass that on in my own life, that there's nobody that's an exception to it. Everyone who walks those doors are immediately loved and accepted and welcomed. Yeah. So... I'm so glad. Um, bring back the puppet shows. Bring back the puppet shows. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good. Thank. You. Um, <clears throat> so Karen, uh, I remember when we had uh, one of the as we were getting involved in the Vineyard Church for the first time, I was getting some you know exposure to yeah how the how the Vineyard thinks and and you know come as you are, and I was at a job. And happened to be like walking past a table, and on the table was like a magazine, and I just caught the the cover, and it was a, it was like a, like a American girl, and 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 I can't the the from it was that like a, another religion or something like that. I, all I caught was there's a girl, she's got real dark skin, and connotation to it and it and it might not be Jesus and I could tell that a seed had been planted in me because my my thought my initial thought was not one of the nation she needs to you know drop that and and be more like me you know but it was everyone is on a journey and it just it it was very different um, to have that experience and have that thought kind of take over. Everyone is on a journey. Yeah. She thought that was really funny, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to... oh. <laughs> a, 
of people is yeah you're you know is there wow that's that's somewhere I want to be you know everyone's on a journey yeah well I remember like my last church um, people who suddenly disappeared or went off to go live their own lives they were very judged like I remember them saying things like oh well she's just fallen away or she's uh what is she? she's backsliding oh my gosh that was such a term that they used all the time so I was terrified to backslide and to on it be like to go through things that I really needed to go through to you know in my relationship with God because this life is hard and it has a lot of you know there's things that you have to walk through yeah and sometimes it looks like you're backsliding when really what you're doing is you're just you're walking through things that um, God is trying to, that's, you're having to learn the hard way, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's tough and it does. And, and, uh, my reaction to it isn't always fantastic. So what I'm saying is like, even in those moments that we're not at our, our best, we're still accepted in this church. And I've been in plenty of environments where it was the opposite. Mm-hmm. You always had to be, always had to be at your best or rumors would, yeah. would be, Cast it, and I was just bad environment. <laughs> so staple those smiles on. Hi, little cute girl. I think you think smile for everybody. You say hi. You say hi. <laughs> Karen, who else has something that that you know you see from our past in in uh, our vineyard church uh, history that yeah we want to carry on, we want to live it out, we want to pass on. I guess my thing is too, if, like you say, if someone leaves, I guess I always just feel like I hope that they're okay and that I didn't do something to make them mad and they, and 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 they left, you know, on my account or something like that, you know, yeah, you, know, you know, like I make them mad and they left. They don't like it here anymore. But my main thing is that the person's okay, that they're, you know, that they're that they're all right. Yeah. Even though they're not still with us, yeah. And of course, we miss them. You know, by my way, yeah, you come back. You know, that's that's how I feel about that. But I know people have to do what they have to do sometimes. Yeah, it's whether we crazy. like whether we like it or not, yeah. change comes. You know, and not yeah. kingdom, right? We, we'd all love to be together, but that's not yet. It's yeah. When we when we all get to heaven, we we, we do get to be there together. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Liz, were you gonna say something? Yeah, I remember when we first joined the Vineyard, uh, the one thing that really got me in was the image of our first Sunday there, and Scott Ross was walking from the front of the, the auditorium to the back of the auditorium. And as he was walking, kid after kid would come up to him, and he would hug and love and focus on each individual kid. And it just gave me that sense of family that's just in the veins of the vineyard, not just ours, but across the nation. And I, I just feel like that's so important because for me personally, that was a big thing growing up in this vineyard was knowing that I always had the family that my church was to go to and feel safe and get refuge. Mm. That's really good. 
Yeah, Sherry, one of the things I remember, um, our, our first day at the Vineyard Church, Scott Ross is getting our history, and he, he says, he, he's like, well, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, you know thanks for, for visiting us. We're not the only game in town, and we want what's best for you, so if you, you know, isn't a good fit for you, let us know. And we know other people yeah. in, in the, the city. And, we, and yeah, I, I, I think that is absolutely. Trying to be fair and truly thinking of you versus we need numbers. We need people, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I first met you and Heidi was at the one of the Speedcom mm-hmm. for dinners. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why I found out you were from Minnesota and you'd went to Bible college and you guys had just, I mean, that's when we were at Crager Glass. I mean, that's how far back we're talking a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Many moons ago. Yeah. As I, I think you're, well, yeah, I think you're kind of um, taking like a kid's perspective that, that Karen was talking about in terms of the something that I think makes attractive is, you know, you, we love you how you are. We love who you are and we're going to embrace you. And if, if, you know, something that you need isn't here and you decide to go somewhere else, we're going right. to bless you because we, we want what's best for you. Right. Mm-hmm you're going on a journey Karen and you're going through hard times we're going to love you all the way through yeah if you need something let us know that sort of thing yeah yeah my thing that was like the biggest for me was one time uh, I was in Des Moines and I brought somebody completely new to the vineyard style vineyard theology just new to vineyard in general to a community event and we were there and first thing he says when he walks in and sees everybody is like he's like this is just like one big family and that's nice if we can achieve that yeah that's huge like in the workplace or church wherever you are that's huge and it was and i was like yeah that's true ever since i've known the vineyard it's one big family. And so specifically with those community events like Speedcom or church family lunch or whatever, those are so valuable for that purpose is to create yeah. that community and that even if you're not supposed to be here regularly, like you're still welcome during any of these times. Right. Yeah. Nice. That's a sort of culture that we yeah. have. Nice. So I've got another kind of question, but I, I want to make sure if anybody else has um, a value that um, uh, we want to live out and, and, and pass on. Anybody else? The thing that jumps out at me for the vineyard and is something I really want to see preserved is that when I came and first heard Scott preach. It wasn't about his politics, right? It wasn't about his opinions or his ideas. 
it was about pointing people to Jesus. And I remember being baffled by that revelation series that he did because I grew up in a church where, you know, you memorized the, the seven seals, you memorized the bowls, and you came up with your interpretation of what that might actually look like when it happens. And, um, but then he, he preached through that whole book, mm -hmm. gave me new insight into the fact that the whole purpose of the book wasn't to know what's going to happen at the end of the world. It was to know Jesus. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Right. 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 And so that, to me, is the, the core of what it is to be vineyard, is that all roads point to Jesus. Yeah, I remember that revelation. It, yeah, I mean, and, and you, the fact that you have whole commentaries just on that one book of the Bible tells you how, how enormously important that there's a lot there to digest. You know, some things have already happened, some things are going to happen, and it, it is. It's like I've been reading through that on and off for years, and it's and you learn something new all the time because it is it's it is a lot to take in. I mean, I liked it when you went through Daniel. That was another, I love the book of Daniel. That is so cool. That is just such a, you know, that's a neat book too. It's kind of relevant right now, you know, with the things that we're seeing in our world right now. So, but yeah, I'm like you. I thought he did a really good job breaking down things and going over things and kind of making stuff more clear, you know, than just say, like you said, just here, go memorize the key points and on your way, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, along with what Karen had mentioned uh, before in terms of um, you know, kind of guilt and shame uh, to people that are going through stuff, I, 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 that's religion. That is yeah. holding up a, a standard we cannot maintain. And it's, it's unfair. It's unattainable. Yeah. You know, if we look back in our history, nobody does it. Nobody. Nobody's able to, to do it. It's all failure. Yeah. Only person that, you know, pleased the Lord 100% of the time and didn't have any sin was Jesus. So let's yeah. focus on him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because there's no way. Yeah, we, we, you just can't. You can't do it. And I don't think, and you know, we've got Jesus, so we don't have to do all of that. Jump the hoops and turning ourselves inside out. I mean, it's been done, so we don't have to do it, which is nice. Ooh, pew, you know? <laughs> yeah. Careful. Yeah, one other thing that I really think is something important that we value here at the Vineyard is um, the importance, like you said, with partnering with the Spirit and how we operate within the spirit not just in like the big spiritual way like tongues and prophetic healings and whatnot but just in our day-to-day -day. Mm. a partnering of spirit because of how god and jesus have like how we were made is that the way we operate the skills we have are given to us by the spirit as well. And so when we're operating in those skills, whether they be administrative skills or organizational skills or speaker skills or what have you, that's all us operating in the spirit too. Mm -hmm. 
and just recognizing that we can and do operate in the spirit in our whole life. 